Yo, yo. What up, man? What's going on? Nothing much. Another day. Another day, another dollar. That's it's right. Dev's podcast. That's right. That's right. At least you hope so. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Well, yeah, R.P. Chad was both me. R.P. Black Panther. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How you doing, man? Hey, man. I'm good. I'm good. You know, just uh, enjoying the uh, now the fall season, you know? Glad uh, tomorrow about to be. Uh, we recording this on a Thursday, so you know TGIF tomorrow. So looking forward to the weekend. Thinking about going to the uh, <clears throat> to White to the Apple Orchard this weekend, maybe. You know. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's the fall. I could I could do without it. Uh, yeah. I could do without the weather. I do obviously love football season, so that's good. But right. uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's cold. It's chilly. Uh, I could do without that. Oh man, oh man, get over it. you, 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 you from here, dude. Come on, man. That's how uh, it is, baby. Nah, give me give me seventies and eighties. I'm money. Okay. Love one, brother. I get it. No, I, I I totally understand. So, uh, how about you lay off the spread for the uh, tonight's uh, episode? Yeah, uh, so we are going to talk about really the only ranked or the only. Uh, game this weekend, uh, Saturday, college football between two ranked teams is Alabama and Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll kind of talk about that. We'll get into the 76ers and their new coach, Doc Rivers. Yeah. Uh, but first, we got to kick off yesterday's uh, game one mm-hmm. from the uh, Lakers and the Heat. It was uh, it was it started off. The Heat came out uh, ironically hot. Yeah. But uh, that game was a was a blowout. It was it was pretty crazy. So yeah. uh, I'll I'll kick it off to you. What are your your thoughts on game one? Um, well, you know I I picked pick the Heat to go down in five. Now I'm not changing from that. Um, I didn't expect the Lakers to win that easily. Uh, my reaction from it is still it's one game. Uh, one thing that is evident throughout this whole playoffs is that this Heat team has a ton of character, a ton of fight, and they are scrappy. So. I do anticipate that uh, game two will be closer. Um, I don't believe every game is going to be a blow. Unless, like, the injuries pile up, you know. Uh, and that was nothing, too, about last night. I mean, they got so many injuries. Guys who, even though some guys that make, may still be able to play, um, they're definitely going to be, you know, hampered the rest of the series. I mean, bam, re-injuring, I think it's neck or shoulder. Uh, yeah, shoulder. Gordon Dragic has a torn plantar fasciitis, however you say it. Um, that's, you know, I think he's going to try to play through it, but, you know, that just doesn't go away. He's going to deal with it, right? Um, and then uh, Jimmy, you know, rode his ankle yesterday, and that's going to be sore, even if he's playing. So, look, and those, those are three, not, you know, role guys, those are three starters, you know what I'm saying? Uh, three mm-hmm. important guys to what they what they do. And it's not like they are their team is loaded with talent to begin with. So, um, you know, it, it's you know, they were fighting an uphill battle, and it's going to get even tougher. But, um, you know, I, I thought what happened last night, uh, injuries aside, because I don't think the injuries really mattered. That was after the Lakers really, uh, after that surge by the Heat began the game, the Lakers really were on the game from then on. Uh, and I think the main reason is because, one, the, the Lakers were abnormally hot from three-point range. I think they shot 11 for 17 in the first half. I mean, that's just <laughs> 14, I think, shoots 39%. Or maybe uh, if the last time I checked, you know, that just doesn't happen. Even for the best shooting three-point teams. I mean, that's an insane 
happen in game two. So they are normally hopping three. And also their size. You know, the Heat are not very big. You know, they're, 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 they're a smaller team. Um, and, and, and the Lakers have a big front court from LeBron to AD to whoever playing center between JaVel McGee or Dwight Howard. So uh, one thing you saw is that kind of similar to Houston, uh, the Lakers can get anything, anything they want at any point in time. So I thought that was another uh, big thing is that, um, you know, they, they really, you know, they just tortured them on the glass, uh, caused the heat to foul them. And uh, it was just like, you know, if you could put a game plan of how you want to execute for your team as the Lakers, they were able to do it all day. And, uh, yeah, it was just – it was a perfect storm for the Lakers. And, uh, like I said, I anticipate game two will be different. I still think the Lakers are going to win game two. But I think some of the things the Lakers were able to accomplish, they won't be able to do as easily. Yeah, it's – I mean, Lakers shooting – I mean, 11 for 17. I mean, we talked about it yesterday, and I, I said that, you know, two of their – of their nine stars needed to hit probably about seven threes. That's what happened. But to hit, <laughs> but to hit eleven, I mean, dude, that's what sixty. Half. Good. I mean, yeah, that's unreal. That's that's you know Stephen Clay type you know type numbers. That that was just unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think I mean the Lakers are extremely talented. Um, you know when you're when the stars do what they did yesterday, like the Lakers are are. Very tough to beat, and then when the role the role play guys do what they did, Danny Green, they're yeah. borderline borderline impossible yeah. to beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you to to get that, um, it, it it was it was an extremely impressive game. Um, you know from the Lakers, um, with the Heat, you know one thing that even though they lost big, um, I predicted Heat in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they lost big, but one thing I took away was Jimmy Butler's post game um, interview to where he had he had mentioned, you know that they had the the mindset of you know we got to play damn near perfect to 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 be in this game. He's like, and we weren't anywhere close to that. So to me, I I, I like hearing the the fact that they have that mindset of like yo we we have to play well. Like this isn't just any other, you know what I mean? Just another game. Like we can't come out and just and scrap our way there. Like we have to play really well, almost yeah. perfect. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good mindset to have. Um, but the injuries, man, the in, I, I just don't know. Like if Dragic, I mean, having a torn planter is like a, like serious. Yeah. yeah. Like that, you know, Dude, I mean, even if I, he had plantar fasciitis, which is just, uh, I think a strain in that know. tendon I, under your foot. And I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. But like mm-hmm. I, I had like a bout with plantar fasciitis in college. And I wasn't even doing, I wasn't an active athlete at that time, but I used to like, just, just doing intramural and working out and playing pickup basketball. Wake it up in the morning, your foot is like stiff as hell. Like, it's actually mm-hmm. really, really painful and a lot of discomfort. Um, and it's one of those things where even for a professional athlete that has all the resources, you can't just fix it. You know, it, it is an injury that takes time and treatment to heal. You know, you're not going to feel good, you know, while you're in a, tense playoff series you know what i'm saying so you know yeah it, it, and he's a guy who relies on quickness and 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 playmaking he's not like a a big guy he's actually a really really small like he's decent height think six three but he's really slender so he needs to be able to push off and and plant you know and he has like that euro style type ball in which you know uh, euro type players they use a lot of 
a uh, lot of uh, uh, Euro steps, uh, a lot of mm-hmm. uh, triple threat, you know what I'm saying? And that requires pivoting and planting and really putting pressure on your feet. So I, I'm not trying to go too in-depth on you with it, but I'm just saying, like, it, it is that's a tough injury, especially with the type of player he is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and well, and and to take it a step further, so you you dealt with plantar fasciitis, yeah. which is straining that tendon that essentially runs down the bottom of your foot, yeah. like from essentially your you know the the ball of your feet to the, your heel. Yeah. He tore it. Yeah. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so that that's that's like plantar fasciitis. You can deal with that. Like it's it that is truly like just pain tolerance. Yeah. Like it's you know you're not typically gonna do anything you know, to hurt it worse. Right. But when you're talking about a like torn, I, I just, I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. I think he's going to rest and, and, you know, try to get treatment and ice and stuff. But dude, that's a, that is a serious injury, man. I, I, I just don't, I don't see him playing. And I also think that that's just a huge, I mean, they're starting point guard, you know, I mean, if you, if for right now, granted, you know, don't, don't, pick LeBron or AD but if you took one of their starters and and you know and took them out of the lineup like that's a big that's a big deal Mm -hmm. you know and especially when you talk about the point guard the quarterback the guy who's running the offense um you know they're gonna have to have young guys step up big you know the guy Duncan uh Tyler Hero I think those guys are gonna have to step up like huge those guys have to be huge Um, Uh, yeah uh, he played really well this year and, but you know what? Uh, that's what happened with the Heat. But I, I want to commend the Lakers, too, on something. Because, yes, they were abnormally hot from three. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're gifted with size. But one thing that was evident that I was glad to see, and it, it just re, um, it, it just confirmed uh, the thoughts I already had a reason why the Lakers were going to, you know, make this thing pretty quick and, uh, and painless. It's because they're locked in, you know, and you could tell. You can tell they are mentally mm-hmm. tough. They are, they're, they're talented. They're mentally tough and everybody's on board to get this thing done. Everyone, everyone yeah. they have, I think and I, we're not in that locker room, but from the, from the side of it, they have great team chemistry. I think they get along really well. Um, they just have the look, you know, that they have the look of a championship team. I think that's the easiest way to mm-hmm. say it. Uh, they have that look. And I think, you know, yeah, they, they, they just, they're, yeah, the Heat are in trouble. It's just like they're they're already up against it, and this team's locked in. They're focused. Uh, you know, I I still I I text this uh, I text you this morning or today this. I'm like I still think just out of respect for the Heat, you know how hard they grind that maybe they squeeze the game out still. But if those injuries are are as serious as we think they're going to be, with all three of those guys, even with Jimmy, even having an ankle, well, once you roll your ankle, and he rolled it pretty good. You know, he's not going to be the same, especially if the series is short term, um, you know, for the rest of it. So it, it's yeah, they might get swept. I'm not trying to be over dramatic. I'm not just saying because the way they lost yesterday it's the injuries plus the disadvantages that they already had. Like Jimmy said, and everybody knows it, they have to play damn well perfect just to just mm-hmm. to, to me to ease out a victory to be in, in the right. Well, yeah, to squeak yeah. one out. Yeah. Yeah, they they have to they have to dial it in, and it just it's. I definitely don't feel great about my pick, especially with the you know the guys injured who were you know hurt. Don't but, worry, I give you a break. Um, I, you didn't know, yeah. that, so I won't hold you. 
you know, you got to take your lumps sometimes, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, you never know. Cause a lot of times too, I mean, you know, LeBron and, and I think they said in the last, in every finals or I'm sorry, in the finals, every championship he's won, he's actually lost game mm. one. Now, obviously that doesn't bode well for, <laughs> for Miami, but just, just showing like, you know, game one, things change, yeah. you know, teams make adjustments and things like that. But um, to get back to the Lakers, like, I, I'm with you as far as commending them. And I think this is the best leadership uh, uh, display I think we've ever seen Absolutely. from LeBron. Absolutely. Um, I, and, and I don't even think it's close. Um, I think that year with the Cavs, it, it was when they picked up Clarkson and all those guys in that in that trade. And I can't remember who they got rid of to get. But I remember, like, when those guys first got there and, and you know, I, I vividly remember, I think Clarkson hitting a three uh, in a Cavs game. They were, like, blowing a team out. And Clarkson was doing that little thing. I don't even know what it is, where he holds his arm out. And, and I, I don't even know. Like, he gets real low to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember, like, seeing LeBron doing the same thing, like, you know, celebrating yeah. with him. And it was crazy because in the finals, like, all of that stuff, like, went out the window. Like, in the playoffs and all that, I'm just like, well, where is yeah. that at? Like, you know what I mean? Hyping up the young guys, like, you know, being supportive and just, like, kind of, you know, le- like, leading yeah. the team. Like, he-, he led them with, you know, obviously stats, his play and all that. But I feel like this year with the Lakers, he's doing he's doing that. He's leading with his play, but he's being vocal. He's, like, constantly, you know, just reinforcing with, AD, the other guys, Kuzma. Like, I saw quite a few clips uh, of LeBron and AD actually encouraging Kuzma. Like, hey, don't worry about it. That's all right. Like, keep playing. You know, so so things like that. I, you know I what's think you haven't mentioned yet, though? And I think that's part of, like, the difference. Like, this is the first year in a long time where – and this is one thing that you always use against LeBron, and I would never have something to go against it, is that there was no dram- no dramatics, right? No, no fluff, no mm-hmm. uh, him throwing out sh- shots to – you in the past, he's tried to use the media to get his messaging across. Right? You know, this, yes. this yep. uh, passive aggressive, you know, and it's always like this dramatics around LeBron's locker room. You know, LeBron's team. This year was none of that. Yep. It was business from the get go. And I agree with you. This is the best leadership he's ever displayed. Better than his first run in Cleveland. Better than his time in Miami. And I think better than his second time in Cleveland. I think this. I totally agree with you. And I don't. I don't know. And this is, you know, you know, maybe a reach. I don't know how much the um, the passing of Kobe have to deal with that. Like I said, because they came out locked in the season anyway. But um, yeah, you know, I, I do believe that you know he. I, I don't for one. I don't think it's a stretch to say that that horrific accident definitely galvanized the team. I, I, I definitely. I want to be careful how I say this. It. I don't want to say help because that sounds terrible. But um, yeah, it, it, it was a uh, I think they I think they yeah, used it. the the Lakers used it as as, you know, motivation, absolutely. you know, wanting to honor yeah. him and and bring a championship, yeah. you know, back to yeah. the Lakers and back to back to where the Lakers are absolutely. used to being, well, he was you known know, for. so well, it's, you um, know, he was known for. yeah, yeah, you know, playing hard. There's it's championship or bust. No drama, because one thing about Kobe now, there was the Kobe and Shaq beef, but that that was. To me, that, that it was real, but it was more of a, ne- a media narrative too. You know, it wasn't it was like what LeBron would do in Cleveland, like throwing out indirect. You know, when you learn more about that, uh, bear with me here. We learn more about that Shaq and Kobe beef era. 
a lot of it was Phil Jackson. And Kobe would say this too, and I think Shaq said this too. Phil Jackson would kind of let that stuff kind of go on because that was how Phil. Uh, he was never a, a direct person. He would use indirect yeah. messaging, and he sometimes used that as a way to galvanize the team a little bit. But anyway, my point is, is that I, I definitely believe that 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 they were already focused to begin the season already, but that definitely added to it. Um, and yeah, they're a team on a mission. And like I said, the greatest player in the world, even to this day, uh, is on a mission. And it's just it's one of those situations where. Remember how how well Giannis plays the regular season, and I'm like, man, Giannis is just like he's on a mission right now. But you can't say the mm-hmm. same by his laws teammates, right? It's just the one dog. Yeah. It's when you have a dog and he's on a mission, and then all his guys are also locked in with him. That's a very tough train to stop, and that that's what's going on. It's scary. It's very mm-hmm. scary. Um, so yeah, well, so let's let's you know you you mentioned uh, you know championship or bust. You know, Paul George said that for the Clippers, it's not championship mm. or bust. Um, and in from things I've been hearing, uh, him along with Kawhi are, are the reason that Doc Rivers was available, and he is now the coach of the 76ers. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it just shows the respect that he has the in the league. To, in two days. I mean, <laughs> goodness gracious. I mean, he didn't even. He 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 does he hasn't even had time to buy any 76ers gear, get rid of his yo, Clippers yo, gear. Like he, yo, he, he he's like you know he's probably looking at his wife like like babe you know get uh, uh get go down in the man cave and uh, take all the Clippers yeah, yeah. stuff down. You know we're going yeah. we're going. But one nice thing is they're still yeah, the red, colors, white, and blue, right? So they still got the, the color schemes the same. The yeah. yeah, that'd be that. nice. Um, but I I you know I think. I think Doc Rivers is a great coach. I think he got a raw deal with the Clippers uh, this year. I will say this year. Um, You know, like I said, I was ready to blame him. But then after the Clippers lost that last game to Denver, hearing reports of guys too tired to to play anything more than a three-minute stretch, guys asking to come out of the game, like, just different things like that. Like, hearing that, I'm just like, mm, like, come on, man. Like, at some point, the players on – like, I, I guess and I'll, I'll pose, this quite, pose it this way. Like, is Frank Vogel the reason that the Lakers won last night? No. Exactly. So, to me, like, to, to paint him out as a scapegoat for Doc, I think is kind of yeah. BS. Um, but nonetheless, so I, I think he's a great coach. I just don't think the stars in, in, 70, in, in Philly are, are mentally ready – to be great, like I think they, that's, I, that's I, why I think Doc I think they're lazy, and, and I think the difference. So, someone could say, "Well, hold on a second. Doc had the stars in L.A. with the Clippers, and he couldn't get it done with two different regimes. You know, two different eras: the Blake Griffin, Chris Paul era, mm-hmm. and also this era. Um, and he couldn't get it done. So, why do you think with you know not necessarily less talent, but less developed talent, you know, or re- or ready talent?" Can he do it now? But I think the difference what may help him will, will make make the situation a little bit different is that this is young talent that you know guys who really don't have much of a status in the league yet. You know Ben Simmons and, and B are known as young stars, but they're they're, they're looked as babies. You know they're still learning how to play, learning they're still figuring out their own games, right? Um, and yeah. he can be that 
that that steady voice to help elevate them. He doesn't probably have to worry about as much noise. Um, you know, egos is what I'm getting at here, right? And maybe that's not, and I'm yeah. maybe I am pull, you know pulling the strings here, but I just think that he might have that benefit there. I think one thing he's known for doing is that Doc Rivers to me isn't a great coach because he's some great X's and O's type guy. I think he's a really good um, uh, uh, leader. You know, I think he's able to uh, develop a message in the locker room. Long as he has the right type of guys willing to listen and embrace it to, uh, you know, help guys play together and somehow maintain good chemistry. So, look, I think it's a really good hire for Philly. I think it's the best possible hire based on the available candidates. I still like Doc better than uh, Mark Jackson. Um, you know, I think he was the best possible candidate for him. And I think and another thing, too, you have to think about is Philly is going to have to make some moves this offseason. Um, and, you know, may, maybe when they kick off next year, one of those young guys aren't there. And maybe it's a veteran, you know, who was a star. Who's going to, you know, be the guy to, you know, go along, you know, with Doc? If you if you tell me that that is the case, that one of the young guys yeah. is going to go, I feel better about I've, and I, I, I would say I feel better about yeah. the hire, but I don't feel bad about the hire. I feel bad about yeah. the players like Ben Simmons and Embiid or these two guys to. Uh, uh, so Simmons, number one. Dude, your job is to yeah. play basketball. Shooting jump shots is part right. of basketball. The fact that you're four or five years into the uh, NBA and you don't want to take a three-pointer, like, wh- what's the deal? Like, yeah. I don't understand yeah. it. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, and and you're, you're killing your team. You are legitimately yeah. killing your team. On to Embiid. You don't want to be yeah. in shape. We, we had a, a three-month break. A break from the NBA. Granted, it wasn't a break. I, it was a global pandemic. But just in the in just in the NBA lens, you had a three month break and you came back and you looked extremely fluffy. <laughs> fluffy. Which fluffy. last year, last year you you know uh, uh, you lose Game Seven on a last second shot yep. to Toronto. Get that? But you're crying after the game. Nothing wrong with that. I actually like that. It shows that you care. You cared that much yeah. about the game. So then you post, you know, the, uh, the, the picture of you crying is your new Twitter, uh, you know, profile pic. And you say that's your motivation for the year. Even before the, the uh, three-month break, you still yeah. looked out of shape. He looked fat. You were slow. You're out of shape. Even last year in the playoffs, the same thing. Like you before, not the bubble, but last year, like you would have one game where you go for, you know, 25 and 10. And the next game you got a stomach bug and you can't play. Like you just don't take care of yourself. And being a you know a seven footer, probably pushing to what two yeah. eighty, probably yeah. a little heavier. Like you can't you can't afford to not take care of yourself. Like you're gonna cut yeah. your career short. The, they just these two just do not have the mental mindset, the mental makeup right now to be great players to where they are just dominant and can get far in the playoffs. Like I I just. If you're telling me one of them is going to go, then I think you got a shot because you can get a haul for either one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, some, somebody's got to go, um, either Simmons or Embiid. And, um, I, I mean, I don't have to pick, so that's fine. But I don't, I don't know who I would pick 
if I, if it were today, but I'd probably say Embiid. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing too. You know, the as long as Elton Brand and the and the rest of the office of Sixers know what they're doing, um, you should whoever you you should be able to get pieces back that should give you a talent more than pieces. You you you. I mean, this should be big. Yeah. Like this should be big. Trade, if you're absolutely um, now, yeah. It should be big. Who was a good fit for that? I don't know. Maybe you get involved with Houston, and I don't know. Like, does does Houston? Do you see if you can get James Harden? You know, see, and I know you hate Harden, and maybe that's a terrible matchup. I'm, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't want him. Nope. Not well. Who I guess who are in this scenario? Just whatever. We're just talking yeah. hypothetics. Who are you talking about trading? Uh, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to make it realistic. Who Houston would like? Houston would probably want and be because they don't have any size right. right now. Okay, so so basically they'd be building around Russ and Embiid. Okay, all right, all right, and, and they have a lot of shooters there. Okay, I can see why Houston would do that. All right, so say somehow you're able to pull off a blockbuster for James Harden. How do you feel about Harden, Harden and Simmons? Mm, I, I think it could work. Um, because I, I could honestly, I mean, it's, it it looks a little weird, but uh, I could see you know Harden and Simmons running the pick yeah. and roll. You know, I mean, it, I mean have Simmons the the yeah. screener. Yeah, I mean, and, and Harden just drive to the basket. Uh, ben Simmons rolling, and he can catch alley oops yeah. all day. Like that's that's yeah. easy for him, you know. Because unfortunately, he's got the mental makeup of a child, so you have to baby him. But um, you know, I honestly, I would. Uh, and this is just me. I have no idea what Embiid has in his contract. If he's got a no trade clause, I, I really haven't dug yeah. into that. But if I were Elton Brand, and first I want to say, Elton Brand has done a good job. Like I, 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 I don't understand how he's come under criticism. I'm like Elton Brand. Like as a GM, your job is to get talent yeah. in the building. As the head coach, it's your job to take that talent and and make it the best yeah. it possibly can be. So. People were talking about the Sixers as as potentially coming out of the East before the yeah. season started. So to me, that means the GM yeah. did a good job. But if I were Elton Brand, I would look to, and it probably wouldn't happen. I'd look to Phoenix. I would try to get Devin Ooh. Booker because I think if Ben Simmons is going to be the, you know, he's a a driving kick guy. Like he's not a, you know, he's yeah. not going to shoot it. So I need a shooter on the floor. Uh, you know, they got rid of Covington. So they they need yeah. some more shooters. Um, they, I, I think, read it, you know, they, ben, they, they, I, I think big lost them last year. Yeah, they let him walk. That was that was a mistake there that. too. Yeah. Um, that would be my that would be my strategy. I would try to get uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, I mean, it, it might be you know almost impossible, but uh, that's that's yeah. where I would go. Yeah, you, you, and the, I, I think we're both and then, with the and too- that we think Doc's a good coach. We think in general Doc is going to be good for Philly, but they have to change the player mix. It, it's cool because the bar is championship. That's how good of a coach and respected Doc is. And when you hire Doc Rivers, that's what he's brought in there to do. Not to help a team rebuild, not to, you know, develop guys. He's not a developmental coach. He's a championship or bus coach. That's what you bring mm-hmm. your team to do at this point in his mm-hmm. career. We're, we agree that for that to happen, they also got to make some roster changes, right? right? Yeah, and, it, and it's – and it's because, and like I want to reiterate, it's because of the players. It's not that Doc is yeah. a bad coach. The player, these two, 
don't have the mental makeup together yeah. to get this done. It's it, to me, it's similar to, and, and I know he's not there anymore, but Cat, Cat, Carl Anthony yeah. Towns and Wiggins, they don't have the mental yeah. makeup together yeah. to get it done. Um, so you know that's that's kind of where they're uh-huh. at. So, um, so last thing is just our, our the ranked matchup we have this weekend with uh, Bama and Texas A and M. So Alabama's coming off a uh, thirty-eight to nineteen win over Missouri in week one. Well, week one for them, yeah. uh, their first game. And Texas A&M is coming off a 17-12 to 12 win over Vanderbilt. Um, so I'll just kick it off to you, man. What, uh, what do you, how do you see this game shaking out? Well, uh, I haven't seen Jimbo Fisher uh, get, like, a really big win yet, you know, uh, at Texas A&M. So, you know, I, I can't give him – I can't get – Is this is this, the, is this it? it be, it's is a great opportunity. It? It's a great opportunity. You're talking about a way to – Plant your flag and say we are we're here and we're finally ready to say that we're we're ready to compete with Bama and the other uh, typical you know best teams in the uh, SEC. This would be a good time to do it, um, but I I don't, I don't see it. Um, Kellen Mond and I think he, that's still the starting quarterback for them. Um, he's still yep. mostly uh, talented kid, but you know hasn't quite put it together. Um, you know it's just too many question marks. Similar to my Wolverines, there's too many question marks. Not that they don't have talent. It's too many question marks for me to say confidently that they're prepared to go to Tuscaloosa fans or not, and 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 get a win. I'm just not ready to say that. So no, I I think, I, dude, Michigan's gonna win a, win the championship. They're gonna win ooh. the national championship. They're oh, Michigan. Okay. They're the best being, team ever. Being, okay, I got you. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just I can't can't see it. Um, I don't think Bama's going to dominate Texas A&M the way they dominated Missouri per se but um, no I, I think it'll be interesting I think it'll be interesting but at the end of the day uh, Bama pulls it out uh, you know how I feel about Mac Jones you think I'm a hater I think I'm just skeptical um, and, okay no you're uh, a hater. like I said I think I'm you're skeptical. a hater it, it's it's true it's true no you're no I don't, and I don't know if it's because he beat your oh, team in oh, the whole game last year okay like I don't well, I it's got. I'm trying to find the root cause of the issue. I'm not. I don't want to treat your symptoms. I want to get to the root cause of you know the haterism. Like I want to. I want to get to the root of it. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's because you watched with me in person live pre-pandemic. Uh, Mac Jones slice and dice your Michigan Wolverines. I think that's that's yeah, why that's you a, don't that's, like that's him. A strong word, my friend. Slice and. I think he. I think he threw a touchdown the first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> your, your boy uh, uh, Jerry Judy fired just no, no doubt, no doubt. It was just. I'm like, this is great. This is a great kickoff. Um, no, I mean, look. I, I think you guys are going to win on Saturday. Um, I hope it's a good game because I we we haven't seen that. Pan this season with the pandemic and see you know like a really good high level competitive football game yet from big time programs um this is a it's scheduled to look like one on paper based on rankings two versus ten looks like so we hope it delivers and uh that's more or less what i'm looking forward to a nice competitive game i think you guys need to test um dylan moses is back i thought he made some really good plays against missouri um and i think for you as a Bama fan, there's, there, there's you can pull out the game and say, okay, this is how we look against a team that's a little bit better talent, 
that on paper so far looks to be one of the better opponents we're going to play in the regular season. So I do think you should be able to pull some things out of it. Yeah, I, I think the the issue with Texas A&M is they never – they well, I don't want to say never uh, – is having both sides of the ball playing at a yeah. high level at the same time. Like, it, they, they just seem to either have the offense is playing well, but the defense is really bad, or vice versa. Like, they can never have it, you know, the same uh, – yeah. clicking at the same time. And I, I think part of it, too, like – you know, I, I look at – I didn't watch the game, so I, I don't really know. But to only put up 17 points against Vanderbilt, like, is extremely odd to me and fishy. Um, to me, that's two things. Either, one, their offense is just really, really, really bad. Or, number two, which I think is probably more likely, is that they were just looking ahead to Alabama. Like, that, you know, they, they thought in their minds – Oh, we can just show up to Vandy and and you know and play them and and beat them. Like we don't need to be right. on our game and win. Um, I think that's probably more the 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 case. But um, you know, Dylan Moses coming back, I I think is is a like I, I think enough emphasis has been put on it of him coming back and and just that loss that we had last year with him, you know, being hurt. Literally, I think it was the Thursday before our first game, you know, on Saturday. Um, you know, he is just such an in- integral part of our defense. And as as all of our middle linebackers have been, like, literally, if you look up and down the line, since Nick Saban has been in Alabama, ha- us having that middle linebacker, that alpha dog has been crucial and has been he's yeah. been a high level guy. It's every year that we've had a high-level defense, like, you know, from Reggie Ragland, Reuben Foster, um, you know, Hightower, uh, you know, Rashawn Evans, like, the, the list goes on and on. And um, and he's just another he, – he's cut from the same cloth. He's a middle linebacker. He's, he's probably the most athletic that we've had at that position. Um, I, I would say the next closest would probably be, like, Mac Jones – or uh, Mac Wilson – who was uh, a very athletic guy. Mac was a little undersized, um, but but I, I think Dylan Moses coming back is just going to be huge for um, for our defense and especially in this game. So I think Alabama is gonna is gonna win it. I think I think we're just gonna stick with the formula we had, you know, last last week. Like we're gonna run Najee, um, you know, and, and we're gonna take our shots when we get Jalen Waddle, you know, one on one. When we get Devonte Smith one on one. We're gonna take those 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 shots up top, up deep, and um, you know, other than that, it's just, we're just gonna just gonna play ball. So I could see Alabama. I, my score prediction will probably I would say let's go with thirty five fourteen is my score prediction. I like on the, that on the and game. I know that typically people seem like they're debating, but I don't think we're debating right now. I, and I'm, I, I'm not going to pick another score just to do it. Like I actually, I like that score. The reason why is because I can see the first quarter and a half being kind of close as teams kind of fill each other out a little bit. Um, and I, I think in the midst of that, Alabama, uh, Texas A&M finds a way to score maybe a touchdown each half. Um, but Bama eventually like slowly pulls away. Like they never quite blow the game out, but there's a point in time where Texas A&M goes three and out or does score on a drive and Bama, you know, maybe, maybe every two or three 
maybe Bama scores to the stretch of the game every three to four three and outs that Texas A&M has, right? So Bama is able to score at an easier and more efficient clip, but not as frequently, not very frequently, if that makes sense. So I, I, I like 35-14. I, I agree with that. I agree with that, especially in Bama's second game. And I, yeah, and I, and I think, too, like it's, it's important to keep in mind, you know, in, in the first game, I mean, you had teams in the Big yeah. 12 losing to the Sun Belt. You know what I mean? Like, like teams that you would just say, look, you just need to show up and you're going to win. You know, and, and those teams played awful. They played poorly and they lost, you know. So is as bad of a showing as the Big 12 had when, when you know, you're trying to get kind of a feel for the offense and the defense and, and just your team in general, which at least at some level would be done in the spring game. You know, we didn't have that this year. So, you know, for Alabama, I look at, you know, 38 points and and 38-19. Like, that's a a nice final score. But, you know, we've got got room to go. And this is, you know, it's almost like a preseason. You know what I mean? It, it, It counts, but it's preseason. It's like this was the first preseason game. And, you know, we put up 38 points. Quarterback was efficient. Najee ran well. Like, you know, really good things to pull out of it. But, you know, your your only thought is, you know, we can play a lot better than that. You know, so that's the that's the thought. That's the hope. You know, that's the rationale. It, it, it sounds like Saban's got guys, you know, pretty dialed in. Um, you know, he, he usually uh, if, if things aren't going well in practice, he's usually ranting and screaming at the media uh, early on in the week you know, and, and, and getting his point across to his players through the media. So, um, you know, he's been pretty kosher with him, pretty nice. So, so the guys must be pretty dialed in for <laughs> at practice this week. So I feel good you about should. that. You should. Feel like good I, about said, it. I, I think, I think you guys going to, you know, and look, knowing you have a very, very high standard. So I can't guarantee you that you won't have frustrating moments. Uh, you will win, but you may not be necessarily happy with your performance. You tend because based on your normal standards. So prepare yourself. I know I wasn't you're... happy with last last week. I mean, you can't you can't close out a game like that. Like, you can't give up nineteen. Come on, nineteen points in Missouri. Like, I don't care if you're the twos or the threes. Like, we get the no, the, the no, standard no. doesn't change. Uh, you know, high level high level football. That's that's how we do. So, you know, but you can't dwell on it. It's like yeah. yeah. You know, okay. the young guys will learn, but um, I'm sure Saban was was giving up, ripping them a new one in the locker room. And, uh, you know, he's 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 got a high standard, too. So we're, uh, you know, we're one to know and we're moving on and looking to, to Texas A&M. Take care of business. No doubt, it's always man. about but, us. Uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap. Yes, and we have to once again urge all of our listeners, please, please, please. Like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. We would greatly appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Please, please. All right, man. Well, we are out. Peace. That's another episode.